Good to see all of you out tonight. Glad that you're here with us. As I mentioned this morning, our lesson tonight is on a very simple question, a very basic question to Christianity, but one that we all need to ask and know the answer to. Who is Jesus? In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked His disciples this very important question. And beginning in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Now they had spent time with Jesus. They had spent a great deal of time with Him. They had seen some of the things that He could do. And knowing all that they knew, Peter answered, very emphatically, very confident of his answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They knew Jesus better than anyone. And they knew exactly who he was. And they believed him to be the Son of God. Now if you were to be with them, or if you were in the presence of Jesus, and He were to ask you this very same question, but who do you say that I am? How would you answer? If someone were to ask you, well, who is Jesus exactly? How would you answer? We need to know who Jesus is. And knowing who Jesus is comes partly by our study. When we study the Bible, when we study the Scriptures, we learn so much about Jesus and who He was while He lived on this earth. And not only that, but we also learn of who He is today. Knowing that He still exists, knowing that even though He died on the cross for us, that He arose, that He was resurrected, and that He lives today. We need to know how to answer people when they ask who Jesus is. We need to know what to tell them. And tonight we're going to answer that very question, who is Jesus? Tonight we're going to look at how Jesus is the Son of God, how He is Lord and Christ, and how He is our Savior. Jesus is the Son of God. How do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? What evidence do we have that shows that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's look at the Bible. We understand that God Himself tells us that Jesus is His Son. On two different occasions. One of those is found in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And here we read of Jesus' baptism. 
He went to John the Baptist and, and he asked to be baptized. And it says in verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Again, God says the same thing in, on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17 and beginning with verse 5. While Peter was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. God claimed Jesus as His Son. We also understand that Jesus tells us that He is God's Son. One occasion was while He was facing the Sanhedrin on trial. And in Luke 22 and verse 70, it says, Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightly say that I am. There was no need of saying anything more. They had told him who he was and he said, You're right. That was all they needed to know. And the inspired writers that wrote the words of the Bible, inspired by God, taught us that he was his son. One in particular was John. And at the end of the book of John, chapter 20, verses 30 through 31, John 20 and verse 30, it says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in His name. So clearly, we have it from different sources here that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, if we're to believe anything, you have to find at least a couple of different sources. I found three. And that's just three of them. There are more. But I think we can understand that Jesus is the Son of God, and rightly so. Jesus is Lord and Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter in the very first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, said this, Acts 2, 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, 
whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Crucifixion was not the end of Jesus by any means. And he was now made Lord and Christ. As we look at these terms, Lord and Christ, we often put them together just as Peter did in the sermon. But these words are, are not one and the same. This is not simply a description of Jesus. These words have meaning. They have separate meaning. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Christ. First of all, let's look at how Jesus is Lord. The apostles taught that Jesus is Lord. Peter speaking to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. Acts 10, 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. Paul in his letters wrote that Jesus is Lord. Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 6. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. On another occasion in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11, through 11, Philippians 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word Lord in meaning is defined as someone or something having power, authority, 
or influence, a master or ruler. In reference to Christ, Lord has a deeper meaning as we understand Jesus to be Lord and Master over all. All creation, all people of all time. Jesus is indeed Lord. And Jesus is Christ. You know, often we see Jesus Christ as a name. When we look at it as if that is a description of who Jesus is, a part of the family that He is from, or something of that nature as a surname, as we might look at some of the surnames that are given in Scripture, or even our last names today. But Christ is not a name as much as it is a title. Jesus is made to be Christ. Like Lord, it takes on a much deeper meaning following the resurrection. In Greek, Christos means anointed one or chosen one. Now, as we look at Jesus, certainly he was chosen. He was anointed. As a matter of fact, he was anointed in all three ways that the practice was used in the Old Testament. Jesus was anointed as a prophet. He was anointed as a priest. He was anointed as a king. And not just any of these things. He was the prophet, the priest, the king. The terms Lord and Christ are used to express our relationship with Jesus. He is anointed as Lord over all of us. We have seen that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Lord and Christ. Let's look at how Jesus is our Savior. It was announced before His birth that Jesus would come and save us. It was announced to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. 
And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. It was prophesied even before this that he would bear the sins that were not his own. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53. In the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 53. Let's begin reading at verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquity. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This prophecy was fulfilled in his death on the cross. He did bear the sins of many. He bore the sins of all. Although not all people will accept him. He died to save us. Following his resurrection, the apostles began spreading the message as they had been commissioned by Christ. They began spreading this message that a Savior had come. That the Savior had died and that we now have salvation. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. We read here that Jesus commissioned his apostles to spread this message. Matthew 28 verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. While on trial in Acts chapter 5, Verses 29 to 32, we read the words of Peter here. Acts 5, verse 29, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, 
whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. They began spreading this message. The same message that I'm preaching tonight. Began spreading the message of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Lord and Christ. And Jesus is the Savior of all of mankind. There are other aspects of Jesus that we could study, such as the love that He had for His people. We could teach on the miracles of Jesus and all the things that He did while on this earth. We could teach on how He reigns in heaven right now, how He is there to prepare for us a place. We could preach on and on and never fully preach who Jesus is. But we have what we need. We know everything that we need to know about Christ. We know who He is. And we know that He died for us. We're going to sing a song in a moment. A song of invitation. Do you know my Jesus? When we go back to where we began in our lesson, we saw that, that Peter knew exactly how to answer Jesus' question. Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He knew because he had been with Jesus. Do you know how to answer that question? Have you spent time with Jesus? Have you spent time studying His Word and studying about His life and all the things that He did while on this earth and how He died for us? Do you know my Jesus? Do you know Him as your Lord? Have you put Him on in baptism? Have you repented of your sins, changed your life? Have you confessed that you believe that Christ is Lord? That He is the Son of God? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? If not, you can take care of that need in your life. Maybe it is that you have done all of those things and... and Maybe you've not remained faithful. Maybe you once knew Christ, but now you feel so far away from Him, you don't know how to return. We would be glad to pray for you. Welcome you back into His fold. Do anything that we can to encourage you to remain faithful as a Christian.
Do you know my Jesus? I hope that you do. But if you don't know Him as you should, we give you the opportunity to come, whether it be in obedience or repentance. Whatever we can do to assist you, please come as we stand and sing.